An emergency pod for Hoops with Book and Sheed. The Heat taking game three away from the Los Angeles Lakers on the back of a monster triple-double from Jimmy Buckets. 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds. Two of the Heat's other best players out. An absolutely gutsy performance. Sheed and I are here to give our quick takes on it, and then we look forward a little bit to game four. Uh, what a game. Happy that this series is, is back to being something competitive. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Huge game three victory by the Miami Heat on the back of Jimmy Buckets. 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds. What a game. Honestly, I came in with such low expectations and the Heat blew him out of the water and now we have a series. Yeah, it's interesting because we talked about this earlier you and I talked about this um, during game two, where not only was it going to be very difficult for the Heat to win um, against any game against the Lakers without Bam and Dragic, but we expected all these games to kind of happen in similar ways, and the Heat just needing to make a ton of shots to win, basically. Um, and that's not really what happened here. I mean, you know, I, didn't, I don't think any of us envisioned, you know, a 40-point triple-double for, for Jimmy, but it was, it was very impressive. Um, it was very impressive, and you know now that they're back in the series. And he was saying that the Lakers are in trouble with a minute to go. Um, yeah. So you got to love the confidence from Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like halfway through the second quarter, I was like, can these announcers stop like praising Jimmy Butler twenty four seven? I was just getting a little tired of it, but I had to delete that note in the Google Doc about halfway through the third quarter when I was like, okay, Jimmy's just playing out of his mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Heat, I, I was really impressed by their performance. I mean, they played really hard. Like the Lakers had 10 turnovers in the first quarter, and I think a lot of that was sloppy play, but some of it was just the Heat, like really hustling, like sprinting back on defense. I mean, Kelly Olynyk had like picked LeBron's pocket in the fourth quarter on like a breakaway. I mean, I was very impressed with, with the way that the Heat played. Yeah, they're just a tough team. You know, they take on the image of their leader and Jimmy and you know Bam kind of the other guy there but um they just play hard and and it worked out for them in this game and I thought they made enough plays on the stretch um I thought the Lakers were really sloppy in the first half and they made a bunch of shots though that sort of kept them in the game and I was worried going second half because I figured the Lakers would play better and maybe the Heat would fall back under earth but the Heat did a good job of sort of taking advantage of the Lakers struggles in the first half and just pushing forward in the second half yeah, I especially, I think, wanted to call out a couple of performances from the Heats and outside of Jimmy Butler. I think Olenek, you know, had 17 points and seven rebounds in 30 minutes. Didn't really seem like he got exposed on the defensive end and hit a couple of really timely threes. Um, and then even though, like, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero didn't shoot the ball particularly well, like Robinson was three for 10 from three, Hero was two for seven, I thought – those guys both played well outside of their shooting. I, Robinson was playing pretty good defense, making hustle plays. I mean, it, the stat line says he only has two steals, but if you count the one where he knocked it off the guy, I think he had three and a block. And then Hero just with the Tyler Hero snarl at the end of the game, that and one, that dude just is full of confidence. It's incredible. Yeah, you love the confidence, even though in a game where he struggled to score um, and sometimes got lost defensively. You know, I think the Lakers have done a good job of keying on Hero and Robinson, but, you know, it takes a lot of effort and energy to take them away. And then, you know, you're giving up 
you know, Jimmy Butler ISOs. And, and we talked about this mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference Finals also, but, you know, if Jimmy Butler can attack one-on-one and he's having a good game, there's not really a great plan B because sending any double is basically going to result in a wide-open three for a very good shooter, or at the very least a pretty good shooter when it's Olenek, Olenek Robinson, Hero, and Crowder. So, yeah. um, you know, and Jimmy thrived in that situation. So I think you have to give a lot of credit to the guys on the perimeter who maybe didn't shoot the ball that well, but but sort of were there creating space to let Jimmy go to work. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's that's totally right. Um, and then Myers Leonard, uh, you know, didn't like play out of his mind or anything, but I thought gave the Heat pretty solid minutes in the 13 minutes that he played, at least got in there and, and got a body on Dwight Howard, which like, holy cow, Dwight Howard is enormous. I saw Tyler Hero try to box him out once and I was like, I mean, I'm only 6'3", but I'm probably pretty similar to Tyler Hero's size and I'm imagining trying to box out Dwight Howard and just having nightmares about it look i heard some rumors that you were in the 170s now book i think hero weighs more than 175 honestly if you give me another two inches i think i'd probably weigh similar to tyler hero give me a couple give me a couple weeks in the weight room with the with the miami heat culture and i'll be 215 with five and a half percent body fat yeah you'll be in shape for sure um, all right, should we talk about the Lakers a little bit? So I think one thing I already mentioned is like just a sloppy, sloppy game from them, especially in the first quarter. They had 10 turnovers. Um, and, you know, I, it felt like offensively, they just never really got it going. I think AD getting in foul trouble definitely had an impact on that. But even when he got back in the game, like he wasn't, aside from one little stretch, I think it was either at the end of the third quarter or early in the fourth quarter when he had, you know, a jumper and then a steal and then a dunk. You didn't really feel a whole lot of AD's presence in this game. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he can't play every game like he played the last game, which we haven't talked about yet, but he obviously was dominant in game two. Um, but I think he was just sloppy more than anything, too. I mean, like, he committed some bad fouls. He made some dumb turnovers in the first quarter. Like, he had five turnovers in the first half. It was just, I think he was the biggest part of the sloppiness from them. And he played better in the second half. And I thought I'd give Vogel a lot of credit for keeping me in the game. He picked up, a, he picked up his fourth foul with like a minute and a half into the yeah. third quarter. And Vogel stayed with him, which I thought was really yeah. good. And I thought the Lakers may have lost by more if they, he didn't do that. Um, but, you know, I think you're going to get off nights sometimes from AD. Um, and, you know, I think they had guys pick, up, pick things up for him, right? I think Morris and Kuzma had really nice games. But in the end, they, they could. Yeah, both of those guys had 19 points. Yeah. So, like, I think, like, that makes up for the fact that AD probably struggled a little more. But it's just they didn't have an answer defensively for Jimmy Butler, which I think, again, Jimmy Butler was 14 of 20 from the field. You know, yeah, and, which probably and made, won't continue. Yeah, and made 12 free throws. So, I mean, like, like as much as AD's game, game two was an outlier, like, this is very clearly an outlier for Jimmy Butler. I don't think 40-point triple doubles are, you know, going to be the norm. Um, and so, you know. It's okay, but I think that they'd like to see him be more assertive to start off games. Yeah, I mean, I so, like, it's okay, but I think games like this are the reason that I'm not ready to put AD in the LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Kevin Durant class of players because you don't – I mean, I'm not expecting him to go out and have 35 and 15 every night, but 
you very rarely see those guys come out and only have 15 points, five rebounds and three assists in, you know, an NBA finals game. Um, And he, you know, you can blame some of it on the foul trouble, but he still ended up playing 33 minutes. So it's like, I don't know. I, I just think, well, yeah, it's, I, it's as much the lack of assertiveness as it is like anything that he's doing wrong with his skill. Well, yeah, of course. And I think part of the thing is like AD's AD in that, you know, I think it's a similar problem that Jokic has at times, which is that like it's hard if you're like truly a big guy who doesn't do a lot of catching and creating from the perimeter to like, like, yes, you should be as aggressive as possible if you're AD. And the same thing is true for Jokic. But like, there are often times where like you slow play your way into the games because you're not getting the touches, you're not getting, you know, good opportunities, right? Like the difference between AD and the rest of the top, you know, AD and Jokic and the rest of the top ten players in the NBA is that like they're not like perimeter creators. So they're like, like I don't think your team would like be that great with AD as your best player, to, despite AD's skill set, just because I don't think he can create for himself. And so it's great that he plays with LeBron. It's a great situation for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. I think you've seen him create a fair amount, like catching the ball on like the elbow or on the wing and oh, then getting sure, buckets. Sure, but, but like there's LeBron in his team and like, he's like, yeah. he's like, yes, I think he should touch the ball on every single possession, but like, they're not like feeding him the ball on the elbow every single possession. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. It's not like, he, it's not like he's Luca. Yeah, exactly. So like, and I agree, he should be more aggressive. I'm just saying like, I think it's easier for those guys maybe not to get away with it, but it's like easier for like AD to float in and out of a game, not because it's a positive for the Lakers, but because of like how basketball works and the fact that he's not like going to like LeBron is going to get a touch on every single possession. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, it's fair. Um, Luca is and Giannis is and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And I think one worthwhile note I was thinking about AD's defensive presence is like when the heat are playing that line, like Bam is obviously incredible. And I think the Heat are a better team when they have Bam. But when, you know, their worst shooter on the floor is Jay Crowder, Kelly Olenek, like it it brings AD away from the rim. And so I think you saw a little bit less of him having that, uh, you know, kind of paint closing impact on the game when the Heat were just Jimmy Butler and a bunch of knockdown shooters. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with that. Um, And we'll see what happens in game four. Obviously, there should be some regression to the mean. Uh, from Jimmy Butler but again like I think as difficult as the shots that Hero and Robinson are taking I think they can shoot better than they've they've shown so far so you know maybe they'll make more shots and they'll make up for the fact you know Jimmy has 22 points and you know Robinson and Hero combined to shoot 50% from three or whatever that's that's gonna accomplish the same thing that that this game did from Jimmy yeah and I would expect at least one of Dragic or Adebayo to come back. I mean, if if not now, like when? I don't know. I, well, yeah, I, guess I, I think Bama, the, both of those guys are probably guys whose toughness is not worth questioning based on their profiles and the way that they play the game. But it's like, come on, man, put a needle in Bam's neck and get him out well, there. I, I, I expect Bam will be back at some point. I think the issue with Dragic is like, I'm sure he can like try to play, but like, he's not going to be able to really move. And it's like, is having a point guard that's not really able to move going to accomplish, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He can try, but I don't, like, I think his injury is going to be tough to play through, not from like a pain management perspective, but like from a effectiveness perspective. Yeah, that's fair. Um, One last thing on the Lakers is like, 
you texted me this and I totally agree. Is like LeBron leaving the court early is like so soft. It's like, I, I've talked about this a lot. I am a recovering LeBron hater because of my young uh, Pistons fanhood. And I think LeBron has slowly been working his way back into my good graces because I generally think he's like a class act, but it's stuff like that where it's like, come on, dude, like just stay on the court until the game is over and then leave and don't act like such a diva. Yeah. I uh, didn't love it. Uh, we got some from Jared Dudley minutes though, which was great. And by minutes, I mean, 47 <laughs> seconds. Uh, I'm a bit, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm from Boston originally. So I'm a big Boston college guy and Dudley yeah. and Craig, love Craig that. Rhino Smith were a dynamic duo in the mid two thousands. Um, for BC, I, think I remember that. Yeah, they like were a four seed. They made the Sweet Sixteen. It was nice. It was a good moment for, you know, preteen sheet. Uh, and love that. Yeah. Other thing. Oh, uh, a couple of crab dribbles from LeBron in this game. Uh, which what is a crab dribble? I'm a little embarrassed that I don't. Oh, know it, that, it was but... like a whole controversy. Maybe like a like maybe a decade ago. Maybe more. Like when he was originally on Cleveland. Uh, he like got called for a travel late in some game. I don't remember when. And he was like, that's my go-to move. That's the crab dribble. And it was just an obvious travel. Um, it's like, I think he had one today when he's going the lane. He like tried to like jump over and landed one, two instead of landing on two feet. So that was the travel. Yeah. Um, but it just was a throwback because they never called travel on LeBron and he had two in this game. Yeah. You're begging me to go back to my Pistons days by bringing up early LeBron travels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. All right. Uh, and let's let's do a couple of quick hitters, and then we'll call it a night. Um, Matt's stats. There were some some wild plus minuses in this game, in spite of it ultimately being a close game. Yeah, I mean, AD was a minus twenty six for the Lakers, and Duncan Robinson was a plus twenty seven, and Crowder was a plus twenty one. Um, those guys spacing the floor did a lot of good for the Heat. Um, Crowder probably shot it a little better than Duncan did, but like it's just the gravity thing like we talked about, just giving space for Jimmy to operate. So, um, you know, that's what I had for my stats. We'll see what happens in game game four. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, minus 26s for AD moving forward, though. Probably not. Um on the non-sports-related front, uh, going back to your commentary on Solomon Hill, I have a, a verbal meme for everyone. Um, it's Solomon Hill, uh, his face from right now photoshopped onto the, the Spider-Man meme, the two Spider-Man guys pointing at each other. And then on the other one, it's Tom Hanks from Castaway. I like it. Yeah, I mean, Solomon Hill looks like he, I don't even know. He just looks like he's confused perpetually. So, somebody said he looks like he should be growing an NHL uh, playoff beer, like a Stanley Cup playoff yeah. beer. What if all the guys in the NBA did that? I think it'd be wild. I mean, like, I, I think I think I would like it, honestly. Um, although, I feel like for some guys, it would get really annoying. Yeah, for sure. Also, um, and then wait, the other thing he also was, hit a three in this game. Yeah, he also hit like a very early yeah, no, shot clock three. I was like, I cannot believe yeah. you're taking this 26 footer two seconds into the shot clock, but he pured it. So congrats yeah. to him. Solomon Hill. Something to prove. Trying to make some money. Um, the other thing I noticed is they've really been bumping some rap on the ESPN, like intro outro, uh, as they're like coming back or going to commercials, um, which I don't hate it. Yeah. I mean, I agree. 
It was I have wasn't really paying attention, but you know that now you'll notice. notice. Instead of like uh, Imagine Dragons, it's uh, a little more culturally relevant. It feels um, ninth man player of the day. I mean, definitely Kelly Olynyk, the clinic. This was a this is a throwback playoff Olynyk game. He just when he shoots the ball with confidence and doesn't like pump fake himself to death, he actually is a very good shooter, and he like. Jeff Van Gundy says, but like he decelerates very well in his drive, so he can like make layups despite not being able to beat anyone. Um, so uh, he had a great game, and it yeah. makes it even more confusing that he didn't play any relevant min- any like minutes in game one when the game was close at all. Like I don't know, I find it hard to believe that Solomon Hill was a more useful player than Kelly Olynyk would have been in game one of the series. But what do I know? Yeah, as a longtime Sixers fan and uh, co-host of an NBA podcast, what do you know? Uh, all right, annoying announcer antics of the night. Yeah, um, they like interviewed Chris Paul about the bubble and like the social justice initiatives to start the third quarter, and it was fine, but it was like a split screen interview with Chris Paul in the game NBA Finals game. It's like, why don't you just interview Chris Paul at halftime? Like, you just came out of halftime. And, like, there, no one cares about the halftime show either. So, like, like let's show us yeah. the game on the full screen when it's an NBA Finals game. I don't know. Right. Exactly. I totally agree. Especially, it would be different if we had the TNT crew at halftime, although they would probably do a quality interview. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm a Jalen Rose guy, generally, um, being a Michigan fan. But I don't find the ESPN halftime very entertaining. So, might as well do it then. Yeah. The other thing is that we're on cross sports here, but uh, Sunday Night Football, the announcers have to wear masks. So that seems a little ridiculous, but what do I know? Yeah, I think they're like working together side by side every day. But uh guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles these days. Um, all right. Well, uh, that was a, a treat of an emergency pod that we just recorded. Shout out to uh, Jimmy Buckets and the Miami Heat for the big win. Um, game four will be on Tuesday. Hopefully the Heat will have at least some of Bam and or uh, Goran Dragic back. Um, anything, anything else you want to leave the peeps with? Yeah, I mean, I was very surprised as the Heat won this game, and I'm glad this series is looking a little more competitive. Um, obviously, I think they will need Bam back at some point if they want to actually make this a competitive series in the long run. But, you know, really impressive and really shows sort of what Jimmy Butler is all about. Agreed. All right, good stuff, Sheed. Thanks for uh, hopping on, and uh, we'll probably release something after game four. That'll be the tentative plan, but um, until then... Everyone enjoy yeah. your week. Peace. Ah!